Mm -hmm. So if they can access the money that's making them 8% a year, and they can access it penalty and tax-free and use that money to pay off the credit card that's costing them 20%, it's going to save them a ton of money. Plus, they're just paying themselves back the money they took out to pay off the credit card debt, right? So they're replenishing their retirement account so the account can, can keep going, right? They're not robbing from their future. So, yeah, I mean, essentially they're their own bank, which, uh, you know, would you rather pay the bank's interest or pay yourself? Let's have some fun. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to take back ownership of your financial situation. So whether you're running out of money before you run out of month, or if you're just looking to scale your business to that next echelon, strap in, take notes. Daniel Blue is the founder and owner of Quest Education. He's a regular contributor to Forbes. And today, Daniel's gonna walk us through some of his secrets of how he rose from being an addict to now operating and running a seven-figure business today. So Daniel, tell the audience what I missed and why they should listen today. What's up, Dustin? I uh, I think you just missed all my failures, you know? And I think that's what's interesting about life. Um, right now, I'm reading a, a, a book that Will Smith wrote, and uh, if you guys haven't read that book, it's a great book. It's basically just Will Smith talking about his whole life, and uh, I did not know that Will Smith was the first person to win a hip-hop Grammy. It was like <laughs> 1987. Um, you know, when, when he was doing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like mm -hmm. his first time doing that, um, like he was broke. Yeah. He was in a really, really bad spot, um, made $3 million. Um, as a kid, you know, essentially when he, you know, got his, his Grammy and, uh, you know, was a hip hop artist, made a bunch of money, didn't pay any, any taxes on his money, <laughs> um, owed a bunch of money in IRS debt, you know, spent a bunch of money. Um, but that's what's interesting about successful people, right? And I'm, I'm certainly, I don't categorize myself there just yet. I, I'm a work in progress, but, you know, we, we all have failures and adversity that we've gone through. And it's just really cool hearing about other people overcoming that because we all got to deal with it. Yep, that's awesome. And of course, you know, talk about the failure that Will Smith is. He's coming out with uh, the new Bel Air edition. I think it hits, uh, you know, the TV here pretty soon. But so talking about failures again, Daniel, one thing I personally failed to mention is your Amazon bestselling book, Blueprint uh, to Your Best Retirement. Now, now before the, everyone goes out there and buys the book, at a high level, I mean, what are people getting wrong today about retirement? I think the biggest myth out there, Dustin, is people think that their IRA, their 401k, because their mom and grandpa and neighbors have told them like that money is for retirement. Like don't ever touch that money. Yeah. That money is there for when you retire and get old. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a myth. Uh, people actually can access their money now. And a lot of the fear behind it is, Hey, don't touch your money because you're going to pay penalties and taxes, which is true in a lot of cases. And it's a lot of money that you have to pay in penalties and taxes. We're talking like 30%. So I get the narrative there. Like, why would you take out $10,000 from your IRA and give the government $3,000 if you don't have to, right? But I get that. However, there are some IRS-approved ways for entrepreneurs specifically. If you are an entrepreneur, for you to access your retirement money now in a penalty and tax-free way and use that money how you want. You know, maybe you want to use it to fund your business so you can break free from your nine to five job, or maybe you could use some additional capital to, to scale your business. Or maybe you have some high interest rate credit card debt that's stressing you out. Like you can control your own retirement account. So being able to help people understand some of these strategies, um, that's what I talk a lot about in the book. Um, that's what we do uh, with our, with my company. 
is providing people education and teaching them things that they're not going to hear from their CPAs and, and financial advisors. That's awesome. I mean, you know, and, and I'm sure the audience would love to dig in more. I mean, I mean, at Quest Education, the things that you're doing with your clients, I mean, I mean, how do people do it? Because again, I mean, I could take the money, like you said, I'm going to get hit with the tax. But how can you do that tax free? I mean, how can you do that in a way to shield yourself from from getting those big penalties? Yeah, so there's this uh, retirement plan. It's called the Solo 401k. It's been around for decades. Uh, it's a retirement account specifically for an entrepreneur who doesn't have any W two employees in, in the picture. Uh, hence the name Solo, you know, Solo 401k. Right. And uh, so maybe if you're a consultant, um, maybe you get 1099 income as a real estate agent. Uh, maybe you have an online business, freelancer, right? Like if you fit this box, then you qualify for Solo 401k. Again, as long as there's no W two employees. Okay. You got this 401k from your old job or your IRA and you're like, shoot, I wish I could access this bad boy penalty and tax free. But there's a way for you to take that account and convert it into a solo 401k. And from the solo 401k, you can take a certain amount of money out penalty and tax free and, and use that money to, like I said earlier, fund your business, okay. pay off high interest rate credit card debt. Or maybe you want to use the money to invest outside the stock market. Maybe you like real estate, for example, so a lot of different options. Now, I mean, so is it possible to, to double dip? Like I said, uh, I know I was for freelancers and everything, but what if I do have a W-2 job, but I've got a side gig on the side where I do some freelance consulting, I'm a photographer, I cut hair, whatever the case is. Can I also do the solo 401k or, or does there have to be no W-2 at all? Yeah, so I'm going to get nerdy here for a second. Let's do it, my friend. So, <laughs> like, for the people driving right now, like, like just just bear with me. Don't, don't crash your car. I'm going to put you to sleep. So I'll, I'll try not to get too nerdy for too long, but basically like, let's just say you work mm -hmm. FedEx and you have a 401k there, but you have this side business, but you left UPS, right? Like you have a 401k from your old job from, mm -hmm. from, you know, UPS and you got this side business. Well, you can take that 401k from your old job, move it into a solo 401k. And now you have a solo 401k but then you also have your 401k with FedEx, for example. Okay. That flies. You, you can do that. Where I'm going to get nerdy next is you can't max out contributions. You can't add new money to the solo 401k and the 401k in terms of maxing out both of them. Okay. Um, altogether, the most that you can contribute as far as new dollars contrib contributing is around right about $58,000 per year. So you can't take $58,000 and put it into your solo 401k and then max out the 401k with your day job. IRS won't let you do that. But you can take 50,000 or 100,000 or 500,000 that you have in your IRA or your 401k from your old job and then convert it into your solo 401k. You can do that all day long, even if you have a day job, as long as you have that side business, that entrepreneurial activity going on behind the scenes. Gotcha. Now, I mean, I think that's huge. I mean, because there are so many, I mean, the gig economy, as we know it today, it's not just Uber. It's not just left. I mean, there's so many more people, you know, jumping into that gig economy, so to speak. I mean, it's going to be millions of people. It already is millions of people. And it's going to grow, I think, by additional 5 million people been here in the next couple of years. So, I mean, there's obviously people out there that are looking for extra income. Now we just need to shield it. So once I roll things over to that solo one, uh, solo 401k, how can I access it? I mean, like I said, I mean, you could pull money out to pay all these things, but do I get hit with penalties every time I do that? No. So there's really basically two ways to deploy the money once the money's in the solo 401k. So there's really two ways. Pretend your solo 401k is, is in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. There's two ways to access that money. One 
you can use the loan feature on the plan. And basically the loan feature states that you can take out 50% of the account value or 50,000, whichever number is less. You can take that money out penalty and tax-free and use it however you want. You can pay off personal high interest rate credit card debt. You can fund your business. IRS doesn't care how you use your money. They just care that within five years, you're going to pay the money back to your solo 401k. So when you use the loan feature, it's called the loan feature for a reason. You've got to pay it back within five years to avoid the penalties and taxes. Mm-hmm. IRS makes you treat it like a loan. Uh, there's actually an interest rate. Interest rate is usually about prime plus one to two points. So right now when we're talking to customers, we're letting them know, hey, look, you utilize the loan feature, you're going to lock in an interest rate of about 5.25%. It's fixed. The cool part, Dustin, is that interest goes back to their retirement account. So they're their own bank and they get the interest. So if interest isn't going to the IRS, it's not going to the banks, um, they get the interest. So that's the first way to take money out of their back pocket. The back, again, the back pocket is their solo 401k. That's the first way for them to access their own money. The second way to do it is just by using the account to invest into something. Like when you have your IRA or your 401k with Fidelity or whoever holds your money and you buy Apple stock or you buy a mutual fund, you're not paying penalties and taxes, right? Like your retirement account owns Apple stock because that investment is held inside the retirement account. There's no taxable event, right? There's no penalties, there's no taxes. Same thing with the solo 401k. The only difference with the solo 401ks that we help people set up is they can invest outside the stock market. Maybe they want to invest into crypto. Maybe they want to invest into flipping real estate out in Ohio or private lending or promissory notes or precious metals. Basically, the self-directed solo 401k that we help people set up, it can invest their money in a lot of different places beyond just traditional stock. So, so, I mean, really, I mean, that sounds phenomenal because <laughs> I mean, so i mean now it's not just i'm investing into whatever s p fund that my 401k my business has i mean i could pull this money out to invest in like i said crypto i could do it for you know rental real estate whatever that may be and so is, is that right i mean i could literally yeah. use this money for essentially just about anything as long as i pay it back within five years uh yeah so we're gonna get nerdy here for just a couple seconds um yeah. if you use the loan feature on the solo 401k you don't have to worry about what's called prohibited transactions if you're using your solo 401k and you're going to use it not with a loan feature, but like actually have the solo 401k invest directly into the asset where it's not a loan, okay. um, then you have to be aware of prohibited transactions. Uh, you Google IRS prohibited transactions, it'll it'll tell you what I'm going to kind of paraphrase next. But basically, if your solo 401k is invested into a property, you can't live in it. Okay. You, you can't rent it out to your mom. Right. So there's these certain prohibited transactions that you have to be aware of to, to make sure that you're you know, not going to get trouble with the IRS. Yeah. I mean, really, that kind of makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it can't be my own home. It has to be a investment. It has to be a rental property, so to speak. There's um, got to be some arm's length distance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And again, I think that kind of goes back to against when you set up these LLCs, when you set the solopreneurs, or this kind of thing. I mean, there has to be a difference between here's Dustin, here's Dustin's business. There has to be that divide. Um, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. It sounds like almost, and as much as we love to hate banks, it almost sounds like you, you're becoming essentially your own bank. Is that is that maybe a good way to yeah, put it? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, uh, a term that applies here because, you know, we talked to a lot of people, Dustin, where, you know, they owe $20,000 in credit card debt to Discover or American Express and they're paying 20% interest. And that same person has a retirement account that's making them 8% a year. Okay. Well, if they're making 8% a year on their retirement account, but they're losing 20% on their debt, 
they're losing money faster than they're making money for them. Mm-hmm. So if they could access the money that's making them 8% a year, and they can access it penalty and tax-free and use that money to pay off the, the credit card that's costing them 20%, it's going to save them a ton of money. Plus, they're just paying themselves back the money they took out to pay off the credit card debt, right? So they're replenishing the retirement account so the account can, can keep going, right? They're not robbing from their future. So yeah, I mean, essentially they're their own bank, which, uh, you know, would you rather pay the banks the interest or pay yourselves? And like you said too, I mean, there is a essentially a set interest rate too. So it's not just you're paying back that $50,000 or $10,000, whatever, whatever, you know, you pull out, you're paying back $10,000 plus interest, right? So now you're, it, nice exactly. you're putting more money back into your, your retirement. Exactly. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is really awesome. So, uh, you know, I guess, it, and then it really, does it really depend upon now, are all, you know, solo 401ks, are they all tax-free? I mean, that way when I, when I turn 65 or whenever, when I eventually want to retire and pull the money out, is it always tax-free or is that depending upon how you structure it as well? Like a Roth IRA or whatever? Yeah. So, so that's completely dependent on how you structure it, right? A lot of people make the mistake just comes down to financial literacy, right? Because in school, they would rather teach us about, you know, 3.14 pi squared, if I, you know, butchered that than like real shit, like credit scores and retirement accounts, right? But like a lot of people make the mistake that they, they think the, the Roth is a retirement account. Okay. Like the Roth isn't a retirement account. The Roth is just how the money is taxed, right? So your, your solo 401k with us, like you just alluded to, Justin, it can be Roth or it can be pre-tax. The, the 401k you have at your day job, it can be Roth or pre-tax. The IRA you have with Edward Jones, it could be Roth. It could be pre-tax. Why does that matter to you? Well, it matters because if it's Roth, then the money you put in, the money you contributed, you claimed as income. You paid taxes on that money, but it grows 100% tax-free. That's massive, right? Like, Would you rather pay money taxes on the money that's the seed or pay taxes on the harvest right if you put twenty thousand dollars into a roth ira or roth 401k over a period of time and that twenty thousand grew to a hundred thousand that hundred thousand is now 100 percent tax-free that's massive right on the opposite end if it's a pre-tax ira or a pre-tax 401k and you stuck in twenty thousand dollars over a period of time. Mm-hmm. At twenty thousand, you write off, right? It's a tax deduction, so you get some immediate savings. However, if that twenty thousand grew to a hundred thousand, like you mentioned earlier, Dustin. When you pull that money out, you will be taxed on it. So it's it's a uh, you know the Roth is a great way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really depends. On, I feel like you know, depending on who you talk to, they're going to tell you, you know, when you retire, you'll have less income. Uh, because you'll be retired, right? So then it's always best to do Roth. Then others will tell you like, well, no, you're going to accrue all these things in the long run, these different streams of income. And I know you can't give specific advice to every single individual. Do you feel like people should mainly focus uh, on the Roth, on, on the traditional? I mean, when do I know which one works best for me in my situation? I mean, I, I just looked at patterns yeah. and, um, you know, uh, there's this really cool uh, story about Ronald Reagan. It's cool and scary. Um, at one point, Ronald Reagan, right? He's a movie star. And uh, a lot of people don't remember that, right? Like Ronald Reagan, one of the best presidents ever. But he's a movie star. And at one point, he only filmed one movie a year. Okay. Why? Because if he filmed another movie, he really wouldn't even make money because the tax bracket was so high. Yeah. So like Google USA tax brackets. 
And you'll see some crazy shit, like 1950s, 1960s, tax bracket, 60, 70%. Dude, people are complaining about taxes now. Like, it's nothing compared to where it's been, right? Just imagine paying 60% tax bracket, 70%, right? So that's where we've been before. I am not a financial advisor. I'm not an economist. I didn't go to Yale, so don't listen to me, what I'm going to say next. But I just have an opinion that taxes are probably not going down. And everyone has seen all the money the government has printed, right? Like the amount of money the government has printed over COVID is massive, right? Like just massive. Where else do you think they're going to? I mean, they just gave all these people, all these businesses free money. Mm-hmm. It's not free though. Well, how are they How are they going to make their money back, right? Well, all the government has to do is press a button. All right, let's, let's raise our revenue. We're a business. We need to make more money. Let's bring the taxes up. So... I know I'm going on a tangent, but, you know, I think you got to ask yourself that question. Like, do you think taxes are going to go up? And if you do, it might be an an idea worth looking into paying taxes now. We're looking at the tax bracket now. Ladies and gentlemen, I really hope you enjoyed part one of my talk with Daniel Blue. Let me tell you, you're not going to want to miss part two. So check out the link down in the description, or if you watch this on video, that little picture up there in the top right. Be awesome. Best wishes.